Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. I'm joined as always by Mr. Brandon Deutsch. Brandon, how are you doing today? Doing well, doing well. Um, great start to the week. A lot of crazy news today. A lot to get into. Looking forward to it. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm uh, off the bat. I mean, I know we got to get into the Vegas um, possible sweep and how well they did yesterday. But I mean, this morning I got woken up at 7 a.m. by this amazing, wonderful news that um, live and PGA are merging, and I just, I'm not going to lie, I have some thoughts on it, um, but I wanted to know what your initial reaction was when you heard about Liv and the PGA merging together. I mean, I thought, I think it was inevitable at some point because it was drawing so much attention away from the PGA, and there were a lot of big names really locked in on Liv, um, you know, so I think having this merger, it's unprecedented. We've never really seen a league that's rivaled another league and actually made it happen. I guess other it's in the ABA, NBA, but they merged, right? Um, but, you know, obviously we would never see this with the, with the XFL and the NFL or, you know, the MLB and a Korean league or something like that or a Canadian league. It's just, it's unprecedented. It's super cool. Um, but I feel like it was inevitable. I feel like at some point this was going to have to happen and, you know, it's happening now. I mean, I'm glad that it's happening. I didn't think it was inevitable. I thought because of the huge disparity, financial disparity that live was going to literally live forever because they can afford to take all these hits. It's the PGA obviously that can't afford to take all these hits and all these stars leaving them because, you know, they decided to take that payday. Um, I'm wondering also if they're going to be changing anything because I don't know if you watch live on the CW, AKA, you know, um, our version of, of channel five. Um, but that breakdown that they have and the teams that, systems that they have and stuff like that, I wasn't really down with that system that they had um, w- when it came to how they, how they played the game versus the PGA. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I didn't, I, I've seen a couple of that and I, it wasn't too exciting. You know, it wasn't, yeah. It, yeah, I didn't like it. I wasn't a big fan of it. The reason why I said it was inevitable, by the way, is because what you mentioned, I feel like P, PGA had to do something at some point, right? Because they didn't have the funds realistically. They just didn't, they didn't plan and simple. But uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. I'm, I'm sure it'll go to a bigger network now, probably, TNT, you know, TBS, something like that. Um, 
since they merged, it's not going to be on. I doubt. What do you think? Is it going to be on CW anymore? Channel five? No, I would. I would think that it would stop being on CW. But I'm. I'm wondering, like, what network? You just brought up a good point that it'll get to a bigger network, i.e., like TNT or something like that. I'm wondering, you know, are they going to go the the uh, um, streaming route because that's what they were initially on? Um, I'm, I'm just one. There's just so many question marks in the air for um, how they're going to try and develop this. Right. I mean, like, I'm sure that the PGA wants to have some kind of control and keep it kind of old school. And this, like, this is a new way of golf, which I love. I, I love the fact that they brought in some competition. Granted, it's a little sus, but like, I still love the fact that they brought in a little competition um, to the PGA. Yeah that never really had it. Right. I mean, trying to explain this to people that don't really watch golf is like, it's, it's kind of hard because this is, it hasn't really happened in a very long time. You mentioned the ABA versus the NBA and obviously those two had to merge. Right. So um, this is very similar to that, which I, I'm just, I'm looking forward to it. I'm really, really hoping that they, um, they come to some kind of, mutual agreement where the game can be played still at that exciting PGA level. I want to switch gears to the Vegas Knights really quickly. We were in the text exchange, me, you, and Grant specifically, um, and we'll hear from him in the next segment, but we were specifically talking about, man, this could look like a sweep for Las Vegas right now. And Grant was the only one saying that it wasn't going to possibly happen. What are your thoughts now after watching game two? Do you still think sweep? Uh, you know, I, I always thought Vegas was just a tier ahead of, of Florida. Um, I think that we've seen that, but again, Florida, they're a little similar to the heat in the sense when they're down and out, they find ways to win and they can get back into a series. So I'm going to say probably Vegas in five or six. Okay. I do think, I do think Florida pulls off a couple, one or two at home. I really do. I think they have to just for pride. They're not yeah. going to win the series, but for pride, they they kind of have to, right? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of similar to you know um, what you just said, right? Like Miami getting that one away, getting that one in Denver is huge, and I think that this is you know backs against the wall. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I feel, I feel also like I'm torn right now because there's no such thing as parity in hockey. You know, uh, these guys are an eight seed. <laughs> like yeah. they shouldn't even be here, right? Like they shouldn't even be at this. It's like it, it's literally like Miami, the Heat playing against Denver. They were an eight seed coming all the way up, and you know, kind of just through grit, um, getting here. So, I mean, obviously they believe in themselves. They've made that very abundantly clear. Um, but I mean, same thing with Florida, probably right. They think they probably think they deserve to be here. Um, it's not really showing, <laughs> at least in game two, it didn't really show. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm looking forward to game three for them specifically because they are going to be at home, and I want to see if home ice actually has any bearing. Uh, speaking of Miami and the comparison between Florida, both Florida teams, um, they stole away, obviously, that, and we've been talking about this, but they stole away that one game, which was phenomenal. I mean, shutting down... Um, Denver in the zone, shutting down um, the ability for Joker to make any kind of pass to any of his guys to get them involved. Um, obviously, it was huge, and we said this yesterday for those that didn't listen to us yesterday. But what needs to be done to for that consistency, right? Like, um, what what do you think needs to be done on on the consistent basis for this Miami team to go and win a, win again at home? 
Yeah, I just think uh, forcing Jokic to score, right? That's the big thing. That's the big thing. Forcing him to score so that the three-point shooters can't get into a rhythm. We we saw um, Jamal Murray hit three threes. That was the most, right? Bruce Brown won three. Aaron Gordon won three. Mike Porter Jr. won three. Mike Porter Jr. is the guy they rely on to get four or five threes almost every game, right? Secondary shot creation. No one was getting it was was they couldn't get into a rhythm, and they they took away Jamal Murray's shot creation by forcing Jokic to score, um, putting their best guys. You know, Butler was on Murray that caused him problems a lot of the game. I expect that to happen again, but I, Mike Malone is a great coach, uh, so he'll make adjustments. I do expect Denver to win Game Three and lose Game Four. I think that this is going to be. I said this before the series. It's going to be two to two going back to Denver in Game Five. I truly, I stand by it. I think both coaches are, I mean, Spolster is a tier ahead of Malone, which is why I think they even got that game to begin with in Denver in game two. And they could win the series because of Spolster's coaching and because of their grit and defense. But again, if Mike Malone doesn't find a way to get the three-point shooters involved, like I think he might have found something with Christian Brown, the rookie from from Kansas. Uh, I know you know him very well. You were high on him in college. Um, You know, he's basically like, I guess you would say uh, discount Grady Dick, right? I mean, they both <laughs> went to Kansas, but Grady Dick's probably a little bit better of a prospect. Um, but uh, I think they're going to play him more, and we'll see what happens. I do expect – I don't expect this to be a, you know, either way a five-game series. It's going to be a six- or seven-game series. And I, I said that before, and I stand by it. Wow, you still stand by the six- or seven-game series. I, I can see games – I can see it going to six. Um, just because of this, of how they won game two. Um, and to win in Denver, that's when you know they probably acclimated to the weather and getting there as early as they did definitely helped. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just, I still see, like you said, I see Denver making adjustments and, you know, getting everybody involved some way, somehow. Um, I'm wondering how defensively they're going to shift. Because I think that was huge for them, right? Like Denver specifically, because that's kind of their weakness. It's their weak spot. Offense has never, ever been the weak game for them, right? It's always, yeah. They're going to, I forget who said it, but Joker's going to get his. He's going to get his points. He's going to get his boards. Um, You know, the assist, obviously, we saw that he can get, he can get down to single digits on that, but he's going to get his assist. He's going to get, or he's going to get his rebounds. He's going to get his uh, points. I'm just concerned more on the defensive end um, if they can get stops for um, against my against Miami um, who do you think would be the most you know agile or the, I guess the most um, effective on the defensive end for them to be able to make that those stops and can they make Miami them? or Denver Denver sorry Denver yeah yeah no I think it has to be Aaron Gordon right they don't really they really don't our KCP they don't really have any perimeter or versatile defenders if you think about it Bruce Brown's small he's a great defender but he's small he's like 6'3 right so he's not going to be able to go in and guard Jimmy Butler to a high super high level and he's not going to be able to get his hands up on Duncan Robinson when he's shooting threes right like he can stay in front of those guys but he's not going to be able to contest their shots as much as just playing the simple, simple math, like his wingspan's not long enough. He's smaller. Um, KCP could do it, uh, you know, but do you want him getting, I think we saw that too. He's getting so tired guarding Butler um, and other guys on the defensive end that he couldn't get into a rhythm offensively. I mean, the guy looked like the second coming of Jesus against the Lakers. <laughs> and now he's, he, he's averaging five points per game, right? I think part of that is 
they're working them so hard defensively. The Lakers weren't doing that. Um, you know, uh, and what that's been able to do is not hit, not having him get into a rhythm offensively. I think Gordon, him being him roaming, you know, on Bam and everybody down low, maybe switch a lot. Maybe they need to start switching, put Gordon on Butler for a couple possessions. I know that he could probably, you know, he, he did a couple possessions, but I think maybe more would work. But then who do you put on Bam, right? Like Jokic, I guess, but then you're getting yeah, Jokic. He's a defensive the- liability, isn't he? Yeah, because you're then you're getting Jokic into foul trouble, right? So they're going to just give right. it to Bam every, every possession. Um, so really, the Heat, even though they're they're small, and the Nuggets exploited that in the first game, um, they don't really have a lot of perimeter defenders that can go out there and and just. Uh, that's why they relied on Christian Brown from Kansas. He's quick. He's actually a good defender. Uh, do we see? Perhaps we see a Peyton Watson sighting from UCLA because he's an elite defender, but he's a rookie. Do you rely on him? We saw Brown last. Last game we didn't see in game one. Do we see Peyton Watson come in and try and play some defense? You're giving up some offense, right? But, I mean, if KCP's shooting one three anyways, or if Bruce Brown's shooting <laughs> one three anyways, like, it would take a risk. Like, you want to win the championship. And I think that, you know, a lot of times there's the downside. Oh, yeah, rookies, they, have no, they don't have experience. You're putting them in a big moment. You know, Peyton Watson hasn't played the whole postseason. Um but I think on the upside, you're like, well, these guys have energy and they have stuff to prove, so they play even harder, right? So there's, there's, it's a twofold thing. I don't know what they're going to do though, but I do expect Gordon to be on. It's, it's so, it's so hard. I really I don't like, know. Yeah, I feel like that's really rough on Gordon though, because he's going to get so tired so quickly, regardless of whether you're playing above. And you can't, and you level. can't, and again, you can't have him on Butler the whole game because then Bam's just going to get Jokic into foul trouble. Right, like, and you can't have that because you need Jokic in the game. Otherwise, you lose straight up. Like, if Jokic fouls out, you lose. Right? There's yeah. like, yeah. So yeah. I, don't, I mean, I just, yeah, I don't know what their defensive strategy is possibly going to be. And to put in those rookies, to be honest with you, for me, um, defense is just effort. Defense is like the grit. Like, defense is a grind. It's like you just showing that effort that you're willing to like get into the grind and get really, really get your hands dirty, basically, right? Offense is like the yeah. pretty, like the the pretty side of basketball. Um, defense is the grit. Defense is the like, do you want this? Do you really, really want this? And that just shows a lot of heart. I'm I'm not saying Denver doesn't have heart whatsoever. I'm not saying that at all. I mean, you can see the heart in um, Joker when he he's walking his little daughter you know, through, um, through the back um, towards the locker rooms and stuff. You can see these guys want it. That's obviously, otherwise they wouldn't be here. Um, that being said, though, I just, something has to change on the defensive end for them. I don't know what the heck it is, but something has to change on the defensive end for them in order for them to get to that, you know, elusive championship uh, um, trophy. So to uh, who, who, do you, who do you have in this series? I'm still sticking with Denver. I'm, I'm in still how many games? Five, you said? Uh, yeah, I said five, but I can see it happening in six, but I'm going to stick with five. But I can see it happening in six just because of what we saw with Miami. And if they continue to make those adjustments, a beast, man. He just is. Like, yeah. he, he just, he can make those adjustments and not everybody can. And that's why he's been, um, you know, that's why he's been th- this great, amazing coach and he still has his job. I do have a question for you, though. Is this, and I asked this of Clark last night or a few nights ago, my boyfriend, I said, is it a successful season 
if you make it, if you're Miami and you make it to the finals twice in three years, but you don't win, is it a successful, is it a successful season? Uh, yes, I do think Even, so. But you're Miami. Like you already won. You already, I'm just the same coach. Yeah, yeah, I know, but they just they don't have the team. They don't, I mean, they, they get, like they are overachieving by winning championships. Like Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo is arguably the worst of the top duos in the league, right? Like it, it's more about oh, it's a team oriented sport, and I just think they've they've overachieved. I mean, uh, they've used moxie, grit, grind to get there twice. When realistically, as a basketball team, like top to bottom roster wise, they probably shouldn't have been there. Right. So, I mean, I don't know. Okay. I, I, I politely disagree just because they've come together because of what you literally just said. They're a team. Like they play as a cohesive unit when they're like, when they're on, they're on. I'm also wondering if, and when, um, hero comes back, how much probably, more of an effect he probably doesn't, he probably doesn't about. come back because he doesn't want to screw up the rhythm. Right. Like I, I know he said that in an interview, uh, but he would be, he would take their, Team to a whole nother level. Oh, absolutely. Did you ever watch him when he played at Kentucky? Uh, yes, uh, I did. Did you, do you remember the practice that Cal Perry basically said, like, practice will be over. You just got to hit X amount in a row. Yeah, I do remember. That. Um, Sorry, there was a there was a phone. I, I couldn't talk a lot because there was a phone uh, that was going off in the background and they were leaving a voicemail and I didn't want on the radio to be. Like, oh, yeah, here, you know, you have, you have an appointment, right? Like, you know, no, but I, I do remember that. I also remember the practice. He hit, what, 17 threes in a row? What was Correct. that, 10 practice? Is that the one you were talking about? Yeah. So yeah, he, he, he's, he's that dude. He's that dude offensively. But then if you play him, your defense is shot. Jamal Murray's going to go, B, you know, BBQ on him. Like, or some, something's going to happen, right? Uh, you think he's so you have to, it? You have to bring him off the bench. He's not a good defender, Tyler Hero. You oh, have okay, to bring him off the that. bench. I understand bringing him off the bench. I was talking about just playing him in general. I wasn't talking about... Oh, I would. I, of course. Yeah. You have a guy that talented. I mean, the guy's big time. He scored 30-plus points in a finals game against the Lakers at, like, 20 years old or 21 years old. You know, like... Yeah, no, he, his rookie year. Yeah. He's he's I, a beast he, offensively. Like, I personally would just want him back. And um, as, as a player... As a player, it's like you got to the finals with, without me. I'm feeling bad. I want to show I can win you the finals, right? Like, as a, a mindset, like, that's what I would be thinking if I'm him. Like, I want to take this team to the next level, not screw it up. Hmm, interesting. I mean, that's a very unselfish way of thinking. I don't know, and I'm no knock on hero, but I don't know if he's thinking that. I mean, if you're a player, you want to play. Like, I'm just, that. that, that that's where my head's going right now with, with Tyler Hero specifically, even though I know he said certain guys just say the right things and Hero's saying the right things. And that's great. And if he really truly believes that, awesome. Um, I want to skip really quick before we go to break um, to the Dodgers. They're starting a brand new series. They they did not do so well against um, the Yankees uh, last week. How do you think they're going to do against the Reds? And, um, you know, is this going to really shift them or is this like a nothing burger? This series, mm, uh, Reds are good, low key. I know they don't have a good record, but their offense—they got McLean from UCLA who came up, who's really good. Jonathan India is really good, um, and they just have guys who stepped up. We saw Brandon Drury last year, who's now in the Angels. They have guys like um, 
Braley and, and Frit Friedel and guys like, I mean, Stevenson, you know, Stevenson's always been relatively good, but they have a good lineup pitching. They don't have the best pitching besides Hunter Green. They're like, they don't really have many pitchers. Lively's been pitching well, but they're going to face Hunter Green though. Um, and, you know, they're a team that strikes out a lot. So I wouldn't be surprised if Hunter Green goes seven shutties against them. Uh, I, I, you know, because he's due to pitch. When is when is Green due to pitch? I think he's due to pitch tomorrow. Not today, but I think he's going to pitch tomorrow. I was just going to say, I didn't literally look at the lineup. I don't know if you're looking at that right now or if you want to look that up right now, but I didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm looking it up, but I don't expect it to be. Yeah, I think he pitches tomorrow. So I don't I don't think this is an easy series. The Dodgers have been overperforming. I don't think they're a 95-1 team. I think they're a 91 team, which is fine, you know? I mean, to be honest with you, I think Dodger fans need to lower the expectations as far as this season is concerned with um, all the W's on that Dodger Dodger end, uh, to be honest with you. But, I'm hey, 90 wins, I'll take that. I'll take that all day long um, as a Dodger fan. Um, all right. In the NL, that gets you in. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, you know what? Play, as long as we were going to the playoffs, and I don't think that a lot of people saw that uh, coming to fruition. Okay, let's leave it there for now. When we come back, we'll be... Um, joined by Grant Mona once again um, here on the Mightier 1090 ESPN radio in Southern California, 98.5, the Bed in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN radio. what drives everyone to make the most of every moment we celebrate living large in the now in a city where time disappears we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever we go big we go all night and here everyone is invited so get loose and get loud this is circa you'll have the time of your life This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. Guys, just as a reminder, if you have a question or comment or just want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas, or Hawaii, call our hotline at 310-400-03. Four zero. Okay, guys, let's go out to the Sporting Tribune guest hotline where we get to talk two days in a row to Mr. Grant Mona. Grant, how are you living? Uh, we're living good. Vegas is up 2-0. And, uh, you know, GA, you said something about a sweep, and I didn't really believe it until probably the third period when the Knights just pulled away once again. Uh, and then I kind of now believe that it's probably going to be in five. I'm not going to say a sweep, but I'm going to say in five. So, so here's my thing. I think when I, and we mentioned this in seg one about, you know, our group uh, text chain or whatever about Vegas possibly sweeping, there is no such thing. And you know, this grant as parody in um, hockey, there's no such thing as home ice. There's no such thing as, you know, a clear cut favorite, obviously, or else there wouldn't be an eight seed in the freaking Stanley cup right now. Right. Vying for the Stanley cup. So I think anything could possibly happen. 
but I can see a gentleman sweep happening. I can see a sweep happening. I can see there's so many different things that could possibly happen out of um, this Vegas team. I mean, I would love to see a Quebecois win it. Um, it's been a minute since somebody from Quebec has won it. Um, I, I'm, try, I'm trying to think, to be honest with you, when was the last time that the Quebecois won a, a cup? It's got to be like the '90s, early 2000s, or yeah. something like that, right? Like, so yeah. I mean, it would be great to see you know some some uh, French Canadians win. Um, they they haven't been winning in a while, so it would be nice to see that side win as well. And then, um, yeah, I just dude, they're just better. It just it's uh, it's very obvious. It's very obvious, right? I mean, we talked about Game One and how um, it was tight, and I'm using quotations on that when it was really tight. But let's just get real. Game Two. That, those are the Vegas Knights. Those are the Vegas Knights. That's who we know. Um, I'm sure Vegas in and of themselves is kind of freaking out uh, because I got them at four to one. So let's go Vegas. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, a possible sweep, it'd be, it wouldn't be ideal, obviously, for networks and for fans, but, or unless you're a Vegas fan, I'm sure if you're a Vegas fan, you would love to see a sweep. Um, do you Do you think that, there's any possibility they're going back to Florida. Do you think there's any possibility of this going to a game seven? A possible even after that second game? I wouldn't say a game seven, but I, I know that the Florida Panthers aren't just going to keel over, especially when you have them going back to Florida, where I know that place is going to be raucous. I know that place is going to be rocking. But what my big thing is that the Knights have been pretty good on the road anyways, so I'm not really worried about their, their ability to go into Florida and, and, and take a game or two. And the, the thing is, even if the Panthers tie it up back at two, which I, I don't think they will, I think Vegas will take one of these next two, you know, you go back game game five and you know, you're back in Vegas. It's just, I, I think that Vegas is playing so well at home right now. Not just at home, but you, know, you have Aiden Hill who started his 11th consecutive game. He's playing insane goalie play. Like, he's playing awesome. You know, I think there was a power play early on in game two where, uh, you know, I think uh, there was like four shots on goal and Aiden Hill just made quick work of every shot on goal. And, um, you know, every time Florida has tried to get back into the game, whether it be a goal or, or toughness, it just seems like Vegas just has a response. I mean, March, March assault scored, scored right after, um, Florida made it four to one to make it a four goal game again. It's just like every time Florida comes back, Vegas comes back with their own and March assault. I mean, he's probably going to win the Con Smythe. Maybe I'm not going to say. Pro I'm not going to say for sure, but probably will win the Con Smythe. Just he had two goals last night. Um, they're just faster. They're tougher. They're deeper. Um, look, Florida has has had a great run. It's kind of like the Miami, the Miami Heat actually took a game. I thought that Florida maybe take a game on the, these first two, but obviously not. You know, Vegas looked even more dominant in game two than they did in game one. Um, so. Yo, it was a great run for Florida. I'm going to kind of count them out at this point. I'm not going to like they should I'm be not, giving up. I, I, I'm not going to say they should give up, but I'm just saying, like, just the, the talent disparity that I'm seeing right now, the dominance from Vegas. I know, I mean, you know there's been teams that come back from 2 0, but, you know, it just seems like such a lopsided talent disparity right don't, now. Don't count, don't count them out, though, because. I'm not uh, going to count them out in terms of, like, a sweep. I'm just saying, like, it's it's kind of obvious who the better team is right now. Oh, absolutely. I mean, this is yeah. a Vegas team, by the way, that beat the favorite Oilers at that point in the second round, right? A lot of people are saying, okay, McDavid and and um, whatever his name is. Dreisaitl. Yeah, yeah Dreisaitl. Dreisaitl. We're going 
we're gonna i always have trouble pronouncing his last name i don't know why i want to say dracidi dracidal yeah okay uh dracidal um everyone thought they were gonna win right like their offense i know their defense sucked and vegas like pounded them um you know it's just like kind of crazy so from that moment on you kind of knew vegas was going to win the whole thing uh but i do think this is still a five or six game series i think florida has pride bro they're gonna have to win one game at home just one and we saw that in the star series look how dominant vegas looked in the star series and they dropped one or two right like it's like out of nowhere out of nowhere like that was almost a blown lead like you know like i know they they dominated in game six but still it's like i feel like florida's on par with dallas I do. I feel like they could get a game or two. I mean, I, I agree with Brandon on the game. I don't know or two is going to. They're not going to win. They're not going to win the. No, 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 like no. I think Grant's right in that in, in that respect for sure. Yeah. No. I I love the phys- I love and hate the physicality of this Florida Panthers team because majority of these guys are enforcers, right? They play grimy, man. They play so insanely dirty, um, and I think that that's going to help them going back home to Florida and winning, you know, that game three. I want to switch gears over to, you know, the the sport that dominates during this time of the year, which is the NBA. Um, we've already, we've kind of already talked about this. We talked about this yesterday, but for those that didn't listen yesterday, um, what does this team need to do, specifically the Miami Heat, in order to make that comeback, in order to, you know, be in the positive um, spot? Um, we We kind of saw it you know, in, in game two with them, you know, switching over to zone and basically shutting down as much as you can possibly shut down Joker. Um, do you think that they're going to be able to consistently do this, especially since now they're going back home? So there there is home, home court advantage in the NBA. So now with that, do you think that they could possibly make that switch over and, you know, go up a game? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, I think, you know, me and Brandon said this on our podcast is that, you know, we could easily see a path of, of heat in seven, like we could, or maybe even six. six. I'm, I'm not going to yeah, say six. Yeah. I think, I think Denver is going to win the series anyways, but I think we're kind of underestimating how much toughness, how good the heat are. I mean, they've used that zone so much in the playoffs to disrupt the Celtics, to disrupt the Knicks, to disrupt the Bucks. Um, and now we're seeing it against Denver. They didn't really take Nikola Jokic off his game in terms of scoring, but I think what they want him to do is score. I think that's what their plan is from here on out is let him get his 40 because he had 41. Let him get his 40, whatever, 35 plus. Just take everyone else out of it. Michael Porter Jr. had a, t- a terrible game. KCP had a terrible game. If you take those guys off their game, you're probably going to have a better chance to win because when when Nikola Jokic is looking to distribute, when he's at the point of the offense and trying to get everyone else involved and his scoring is second, that's when I think he's the most dangerous. And Miami's saying, okay, well, we're going to take everyone else out of their game and we're going to force you to score. But what that means is it takes everyone else out of rhythm. They're going to be cold. They're going to be, you know, waiting for the ball a lot of the times. They're closing out very good on the threes. And Miami, they're just grinding it away. They were down by 13. And in the second half, it seems like they just took over. They went on like a 10-2 to 2 run to open the third quarter. And that kind of took Denver, all the air out of Denver. And, and you saw that. Like, Miami's done this before. They took it out of Boston. Like I said, they took it out of Milwaukee. They went into those places and did the same thing. And at this point, you know, you can make it make a case for the altitude. But at this point, I think the Heat are used to it. They're a well-conditioned team. I don't think the altitude is much of a factor anymore. Maybe in game one, 
that was. It looked like they were a little bit gassed in game one, which is why they, they fell short on a lot of the threes. In game two, they were hitting their shots, and because they got acclimated, now they go back to a warm weather, humid type climate where they're used to that. And I know it's not like that in the arena, but it does make a difference. And they play very well at home. Their crowd is going to be awesome. We've seen it even in the LeBron heat days where that crowd is raucous for the finals. It is a great home crowd in the finals. And I expect, look, Jimmy Butler is just going to keep getting healthy. All these guys are just going to keep getting better. They inserted Kevin Love into that starting lineup, and he did an excellent job on Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon was a factor in game one, was not in game two because of Kevin Love. So I expect a lot more adjustments from each team. I know that Denver is going to come out with a lot of fire in the next game. Um, they always they did in game three against the Lakers, and I expect them to do it in this game too. Absolutely. Um, you know, we talked about this in the first segment, GA, like I had a question grant because I'm like, okay, you put Gordon on, on bam. Do you put him on Butler for part of the game? Like who, who else is going to guard Butler KCP? Right. I guess. And I, he was so exhausted at times guarding Butler and other guys that he wasn't able to produce him and Bruce Brown on the, on the offensive end. Bruce Brown can't contest Jimmy shot. He's six, three, right. Or six, four, like, at most, right? And the same KCP can, but he got exhausted on the defensive end. Then Gordon, if you put on Butler, Bam's going to go BBQ Jokic, right? I mean, we saw that at times. Uh, so for me, it's like Denver, who are their perimeter defenders? Like you put in Peyton Watson, who hasn't played all postseason to come in. I would, I would, because he can defend. I know he's a rookie and look what Christian Brown did. The other mm. day he came in, but he played, he's already played in the playoffs. Peyton Watson hasn't, we're not going to see Peyton Watson, but I'm, I'm one of those like, uh, crazy type guys that would be a coach and be like, I don't care if you haven't played a minute in three months, if you can play defense, go out there and help me. Right. I feel like Denver's going to have to slow it down a little bit to beat the heat because mm. the heat are going to run and gun. They're going to shoot threes. If they miss a lot, Denver's going to win. If they make a lot, Denver's going to have to slow the game down and try and get open threes because Jokic getting to the rim. There's a reason other guys couldn't get into a rhythm, right? That's why they lost. Like, no one else got into a rhythm. Michael Porter Jr. had one three. That's a guy who should be making at least four threes a game, right? Like, to me, I'm thinking about, like, dude, if the Heat limit uh, the three-point shooting for Denver, they could win four games in a row. Like, I expect Mike Malone to make adjustments, but Jokic cannot be scoring 40-plus points and being the primary option for Denver to win the championship. He can't. He just can't. Yeah, and I think you you make a great point is that taking away the three-point shooting for Denver, I mean, the Lakers couldn't really do that, and their transition defense wasn't that good. Miami's transition defense is not great, but it's better than the Lakers, and I think we're seeing that when they try to push the pace. And even when, you know, when, when Miami makes shots, it gets their defense set on the other end because they have time to set their defense and get into that zone. When they're missing shots like game one, it, it forces Denver to push the pace and Nikola Jogic to get out and for them to get out and get open shots. And I think that's what we saw in game two is they slowed down uh, Denver's offense just a little bit for them to get into that zone and for them to switch and match up and, and kind of contest threes, which why is, which is why Denver didn't make it as many as they did. So from Miami, I'm never going to underrate Eric Spolster. I think Eric Spolster knows what he's going to do at this point. He already made a change to the lineup, inserting Kevin Love. So Michael Malone is going to adjust, but that doesn't mean that it's going to be the end-all, be-all. Eric Spolster is going to adjust right back. So I, I'm excited to watch this chess match of a series, actually. It's going to be pretty fun. I think it's going to be like back-to-back-to-back-to-back, to back to back to back, you know, taking shots at, at each other, back-to-back uh, -back games.
Yeah, now that we've seen, you know, what Miami Heat can do in game two and actually get a W, has your opinion changed? Um, are you still going for the Nuggets? Are you still claiming that the Nuggets are going to win win it all? Yeah, I, th- I still think Denver is going to win just because I've seen them take hits and, and then the next game adjust very well. Um, I've seen them, you know, with their backs against the wall and still come. And, and I know Miami does that too, but in terms of Denver, I just think they have more size to compete with Miami's Miami's lack thereof size, I guess you should say. I mean, yes, Aaron Gordon had a bad game. Yes, KCP had a bad game, but those guys are known shooters that we know will make shots. Um, you know, Aaron Gordon had a great game one in terms of shooting. He was a great, he was great on offense. He got down low in the paint. He was shooting threes. He was making them, but his defense is really good on anybody. He played great defense on Jimmy Butler. He played great defense on LeBron, you know, in series pass, he played great defense as good as you can play on Booker and KD. I know they're going to get their points, but throughout every series, he's guarded their best player pretty well. And I expect them to make an adjustment to I don't know if they'll put KCP on Jimmy Butler, but I know that their effort is going to be there because Michael Malone in his press conference after last game, he took shots at Michael Porter Jr. And he took shots at that team and saying, this is the NBA finals. This isn't a regular season game. We got to play with the effort that the Heat had played with. And I think that they will. I think they'll come out um, in game three and even game four. I know on the road, they're a pretty good team. So I expect Denver fully to, to be engaged, to be locked in defensively, offensively, Look, I, I don't have any worries about them just because they have Nikola Jokic, they have Jamal Murray, guys that can get 25, 30 plus points on any night. So defensively, I'd like to see more effort from them, but I think that they can do it. Um, I wanted to switch gears really quick um, just because you're a Rams fan and we haven't really talked about football. Um, OTAs have been going on and I know it's really, 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 really ridiculously early. But they have been seeing some great, um, great things from some of these rookies in camp. Um, I don't know why I'm blanking on his name. It probably also because it's very hard to pronounce. Um, but they're, they're coming out with like their draft class has been pretty epic um, and what they're doing right now. I don't know if you agree with me, if you disagree with me. Um, you know, how do you think this Rams team is looking um, just from OTAs at the current moment in time. Well, well, look, it's it's going to be it's going to look a lot different, and I think Rams fans have to get used to that. It's going to be a fresh team. It's going to be a bunch of new guys, you know, on the team. I mean, basically, the entire defense is going to be revamped. I mean, you lose Bobby Wagner, you lose Jalen Ramsey. Um, you know, the, it's going to be tough in the secondary. It's not going to be easy. I, I'm excited to see what Raheem Morris can do with that defense because his schemes a lot of the time have been some of the reason why uh they're, they're bad on the on the defensive end and giving up big plays um so i'm I, i'm kind of excited to see what he does with a new group i know i'm i haven't been the biggest raheem morris fan and brandon knows this <laughs> but um you know i'm kind of excited to see what he can do with a fresh group of guys and on offense um that i think they made it a point in the draft to get a lot of offensive linemen guys that can just shore up that offensive line that was the biggest issue last year was stafford not having any time to throw to Allen robinson not having any time to throw to cooper cup and when he did he just threw it to cooper cup and defense defenses kind of figured that out um the niners figured that out pretty quick they got a few picks in that game again in san francisco 
um, just based off of, oh, well, they're just going to throw it to Cooper Cup every time. Now you have, you know, they drafted a guy, Nakua, from BYU. I think he's going to be pretty good for them. Van Jefferson's going to elevate his game, I believe. Um, their draft pick from a couple years ago, Tutu Atwell, he showed flashes of being good last year. I know he get, he's not the most sized guy, you know, he's, he's undersized, he's small, but he can be like a Deshaun Jackson type of guy for Matthew Stafford. Because Matthew Stafford, say what you want about his elbow, say what you want about his age, he can still launch that ball. And in OTAs and in, in, in these clips that they're putting on social media, it looks like Matthew Stafford's motivated and he's throwing that ball pretty deep. Um, there's been a few clips of him throwing to Tutu Atwell already. So I'm excited just because it's fresh, like it's new. I'm 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 excited to see what direction they go. I know it's probably not going to be the best year, but the upside that they have and the ability to prove people wrong again, it it, it reminds me of that 2019-2020 year where it was Jared Goff and they're just coming off a championship and it's you know, it's kind of a transition year, but it was fun. It was a fun year. They got into the playoffs, they played the Seahawks, beat the Seahawks. So I think it, it could be like that. Um and even if it isn't like that, the downside is you get Caleb Williams. Probably if you're if you're gonna tank that far, you get the ability to get Caleb Williams. So I'm excited for this year. I know a lot of Rams fans are kind of skeptical. I'm excited to just see something fresh. No, I definitely agree with you. With um, you know uh, Nakua, I I just mm-hmm. didn't want to butcher that kid's name because apparently he is. A lot of people are comparing him to Robert Woods, but I have other mm-hmm. friends that are comparing him to Cooper Cup, which that is by far like one of the best compliments you can obviously give a player. Right. Um, last but not least, before we head out, I got to know, what are your thoughts on the merger? PGA, Liv, thoughts on the- I, just, <laughs> I think it's kind of funny. I, when I saw the news, I was I was actually really shocked because, you know, all throughout the, the entirety of this Liv era, I guess you could say, uh, all the PG, all the people from PGA, you know, P, you know, tenured PGA people, even the commissioner. I think the commissioner almost to the to the day. I think like six days away from the day a year ago that he said, like he just bashed live, and now all of a sudden they made this merger because look, in all honesty, live golf was really fun. The stuff they did was pretty fun, and I know that it, it's a lot of it's. I guess dirty money. I'm not going to say dirty money, but it's just weird how they do it. I think it's extremely fun for the game, for, for, for golf and for the PGA to merge with them. I didn't expect them to merge with them this quick. Um, this is, that's what actually took, took me by surprise the most, but to incorporate, you know, the players that took what hundreds of millions of dollars to play and live. And now they still get their PGA tour card back. I think that's extremely hilarious because those guys basically heisted the PGA. Um, they were fully in on the money. The PGA was fully in on the integrity and the, you know, the PGA aura and the vibe and, 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 you know, the credentials that you get for being in the PGA all for that to be nothing and for them to merge now. And now everyone's the same, but those guys are just making extremely more than the other guys. So I think in my personal opinion, it's so funny, but I think it's better for, for golf. I think it it can make it a lot more fun. Also, I wanted to bring up one thing about the Dodgers. We talked about them in the first segment, have fun uh, playing the Reds, Ellie de la Cruz to make his debut today. I I just saw that. Top prospect of, of baseball. Course. Have, of course, it comes fun. back now. Of course, against of course the Dodgers. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, you gotta love that, right? Um, okay, guys, that's all she wrote for today. Let's do it again, manana. Um, that being said, this is the Arash Markazi show. Saying, stay safe and stay healthy. 
This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hustle for the cash, so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing, currency chasing. Worldwide through the hard times, worrying faces. Shed tears as we bury brothers close to heart. What was the free? Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.